0: Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Welcome back. Much has been said about the G20 meeting that was in Hamburg, Germany, over the weekend. Most of it about Donald Trump and Vladimir Putin. But what actual business was done over the summit and how does it affect Canada? How does it affect your view of our prime minister on the world stage how does it affect your view of Donald Trump? The numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll free one 866 740 4740 Right now, let's go to Mark Warner, who is an international business and law expert. Hi, Mark. Hello, how are you? Fine, how are you? I'm pretty good. <laughs> so uh, what, what does that summit mean for us? Well, you know, I used to work
2: at the OECD, which is the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development in Paris, and I used to spend a lot of my time drafting these kinds of communiqués. And so what I would say is that um, often these communiqués are, are read more seriously or taken a bit more literally by the general public or commentators than perhaps they should be. I mean, the, G7, the G20 is just a talking shop. Where countries get together and they talk, and it's useful, I guess, for leaders to exchange views, and then they put out a communique. But none of this is really binding on anyone. And, um, you know, if you parse these things really closely, um, if you, you know, read them year to year, there's probably perhaps not as much change in this year's communique as perhaps some of the press reports are saying. They might have used different words to talk about their commitment to trade. Um, people are getting excited about that, but um you know there were always informal understandings of what was included and what was not including in past uh, in past communiques. and so I think at the at the, at the it's probably not as significant as a lot of people think to be very honest with you
1: okay uh now you know um people are really worried about trade because of Donald Trump's protectionist views. Uh, And uh, previously on things like climate change, you know, it's, it's looked like uh, Europe has kind of said, uh, we've got to move along without him.
2: Yeah. The frustration, I think here's what it comes down to. I mean, everyone's going to look at this outside, you know, through their, what I call Trump colored glasses, and I'm not a Trump apologist, but part of the problem is that for years and years and years, countries have gone to these meetings and they've agreed to things that they've never done. Okay. And, you know, for countries like Canada that are sort of mid powers, we kind of have an aspirational view of the world that's all dancing around the maple. And so the fact that you put out a communique that, you know, people aren't, aren't going to honor doesn't really matter. We think that's kind of fine. <laughs> and whatever, whatever government's in power, it seems to me. I mean, you have a businessman who's been elected, and, you know, whether it's the NATO 2% commitment or these, these trade links, he's sitting down at a table and saying, guys, what do you mean we didn't really mean it when we say, <laughs> you know, free trade? So I think, I think that's kind of how I would look at it. Um, the language changes on trade in this document this year perhaps reflect more of, of that kind of Trumpian skepticism as opposed to a, a real serious hardening of, of views on things um so it's we're kind of still in the same position we were last week we're waiting to see what he will do with trade remedies in terms of um you know the steel whether he's going to put a, put in place special tariffs on steel that could adversely affect canada my guess is we'll probably still get an exemption an exemption from that from that whatever he puts in place plus he sort of agreed to buy time he sort of said to the various parties hey you guys if you want to come to an agreement that would stop me from doing this, go ahead and do it. So, you know, people will have different views on that. But I think, it's, I think Canadians would be wise to sort of see ourselves in a slightly different position from some of the other countries he's targeting there.
1: Well, uh, what about the softwood lumber thing? I mean, first they said I think it was a, a 20% tariff, and then they slapped more tariff on it.
2: Well, again, that's more of a, you know, again, be technical about all this. It, that, in my view, is one of the longest-running trade disputes between Canada and the U.S. So whoever was president of the United States, that was going to come up. Um, there, what was filed was a, an anti-dumping petition.
1: Uh, Hello? Mark? Can you hear me? Uh, just We lost you for a bit. Oh,
2: What was filed was an anti-dumping and a countervailing duty petition. So basically, those go through different processes. So um, it was always expected that both of those duties would be applied. I, I, I know, I know it's frustrating to Canadians. It, it, it was, it's nothing that's not particularly Trumpian. Uh Those are American uh, uh, people who are taking advantage of American law and petitioning their government for action, and you can't blame that on Donald Trump. It seems to me.
1: Okay, let's take a call from Elizabeth in Brampton. Hi, Elizabeth. Hello? Oh, we lost Elizabeth. <laughs> I don't know Was what's that going on. Hello? Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Uh, I don't know uh, what's going on with our, uh, we seem to have just a little bit of uh, telephone action here. What, so, I
2: thought, me, what, I might, what I might say is with, there are a few things, from I think from the point of view of the government, that the current trade minister has been putting a great deal of emphasis on gender and what she calls inclusive trade. Personally, I don't know what any of that really means and how substantive it is, but... You know, given all that, there's a lot of messaging in the communique this year about gender and gender-type initiatives. Again, I think it's mostly fluff. But um, people who like that kind of fluff will will think it's very important. Well, and that could be seen as an advantage for Canada, I guess.
1: Well, isn't that kind of how uh, our prime minister ingratiated himself with Donald Trump by by participating in this uh, gender thing with Ivanka right. uh, and, and all of that? I mean, isn't it sure. useful, at least in that way?
2: Uh, sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's soft laws. It's, it's not really, I mean, that, that particular initiative in terms of funding that African women entrepreneurship thing, that, 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 that has some, you know, some may have some legs to it. We'll see. Um, but I'm just thinking more generally of the communique. There's a lot more references to women and girls and gender type initiatives and, Again, as I say, most of it is just fluff, but we'll see if it actually amounts to anything.
1: When you see, again, um, you know, when you see uh, Angela Merkel saying things like, uh, Europe has to move on without the United States, uh, what do you make of that? And and, uh, where does that leave us, Canada, on the world stage?
2: I make of that that she's in an election <laughs> and that it's a very tight election and her opposing candidate is a Social Democrat, uh, Europhile, and that she has pivoted. But one of the things that is interesting in the communique speaking of Germany is there's actually a part on it that deals with migration. And I couldn't think that Donald Trump would have come away with anything more. It basically says, respects the right of each member state to determine their own borders and migration into their borders. So that is very different than the kind of, you know, I suppose Justin Trudeau is saying something kind of like that, although we've gone a different way in the United States. But I I can't think that Donald Trump would have wanted anything more than what was written there in that respect. And, of course, Angela, Angela Merkel in Germany has been... Um, changing her position somewhat on on some of these migration issues, but it is interesting that the that the summit partners did put that in a, in the communiqué itself.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, she's uh, she was facing a lot of criticism because of the number of of migrants that they've allowed into the country and and uh, some of the problems that's caused.
2: Right. So she actually, on that one, despite the uh, sound and fury, she's actually now. Hello. Yes. Despite the sound and fury, she's actually perhaps closer to Donald Trump's position than to what we perceived Justin Trudeau's position on some of these migration issues.
1: Really? Closer to Donald Trump? That's a little hard to believe.
2: Well, it's a little hard to believe if you read the newspapers, but not hard to believe if you realize that she's now talking about changing the terms for the, for the migrants who are coming into Germany, the numbers that they'll accept, and wanting to make them go back. So. Like they say People have a tendency to read everything now through what I call Trump-colored glasses, and you've got to dig down a little bit lower. But I'm not saying she's fully Donald Trump, but on migration, she sure as heck isn't the Angela Merkel of the welcoming immigrant uh, uh, um, mindset of about two years ago. And
1: what are some of the restrictions that she's putting on?
2: Um, well, she wants to change the numbers and she wants them to go back. She makes it, make it a lot harder. So, and a manifestation of that is the fact that this rather stronger language on migration shows up in the communique. So that is uh, perhaps, um, an indication that all was not lost for Trump. But you know, on the other hand, things that other countries have made priorities, things like corruption and uh, tax cooperation with a harmful tax competition, that stuff made it into the, um, into the communique as well. Those are priorities for Europe and priorities for, I suppose, Canada as well. What, what but, does like,
1: that mean, harmful tax?
2: It's what it means to fight against tax evasion or countries, what they call, uh, rating, uh, lowering unfairly their tax rates or their tax base. So that's been a big initiative of countries. It's not something of countries other than the United States. Or I mean, Obama tended to support it. I would have thought that the Trumpians people would not have been supporting that. So I was surprised at how much of that language was retained in the communique. And so that's the case where, where definitely Trump took some water in his wine, I would think, and perhaps balances off some of the harder language on migration. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how the exercise in drafting these communications, you know, you've got 20 countries in the room, and each of them has a priority, and you're not really committing to do things that are binding, but you want to get some of your language in without going too far away from, you know, it's a position that will be hard for someone else to accept. So it's all a bit of a delicate dance. And if you do it right, you get to go on vacation <laughs> afterwards <laughs> if you do it wrong you're constantly trying to rewrite it
1: <laughs> what about uh justin trudeau on the world stage he's been getting a lot of compliments uh some people say he's just you know another kind of celebrity but uh how would you rate his performance
2: you know to be honest with you because i've been in canada for the last little while um i i have a hard time reading it through the what i'm reading in the canadian media so what i'd like to see hear more are more insider accounts of his contributions to actual discussions among the leaders. And so far, the focus is on the socks and people who are interested in coming to watch him speak. But what I, what I haven't heard anything of is, you know, of course, these are confidential private sessions, but sometimes things leak out. It would be interesting to know if he made a particularly interesting intervention that helped sway the debate at some point. And that I haven't heard any of it. And that ultimately is really how his participation should be judged. And I think it's a bit, at least from what I've seen, a bit too early to judge that at this point.
1: Mm-hmm. But uh, the kind of, uh, I guess, uh, celebrity worship that he gets, is that is that useful to us?
2: It can be if he uses it for something. And I don't know what he wants to use it for. I mean, if the idea is to use it for, uh, you know, to get a UN seat, and that might work. Although, you know, some of his policies are different. I mean, I think for instance, you know, the gendered centered aid budget, where Canada, uh, I think, proposed to cut its aid budget dramatically, but what we've tended to focus on in Canada instead of that is that he said he's going to spend 80% of his aid budget, which is a much smaller budget now, in Africa. So I would think that would mean that an awful lot of African countries probably won't vote for us to be on the United Nations Security Council. <laughs> so it, it really depends how he uses that celebrity and what it really means at the end of the day. Um, So far, I think he's choosing to use it for more domestic consumption rather than an international goal. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Are you surprised by Mm -hmm. that at all, by just the level of uh, the the kind of, I mean, he gets great coverage everywhere? No, no,
2: obviously, I think he's a celebrity. He's got charisma. not surprised by that. But at the end of the day, someone like me who is a lawyer, looks at these policy things, I'm sort of looking for what his actual – contribution is in the meetings and um you know if he wants to use that celebrity for something um maybe it's the gender stuff i don't know as i say for me a lot of that at this point remains fluff so i don't know whether whether they'll put some meat on it in a more tangible sense in the future um you know there's a lot of phrasing around inclusive trade i just don't know what it means and he's seldom asked to define what it means so we'll see. Maybe one day he will. Okay. I sound more critical than I want to be. I'm just sort of saying it's, a, I guess I'm a hardened trade person, so I look to figure out what these actually mean.
1: Okay. Uh, we're uh, just about out of time. Anything you want to leave us with?
2: No. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, keep watching. This is not going to end, it's going to be, uh, there will be many more of these meetings to come.
1: Okay. Thank you, Mark Warner. Thank you for having me.
0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio.